Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. Sponsored by Tech Help Boston. It's easy to feel like you're having a bad day, like everything is going wrong and you just can't catch a break. Today's story is about a young woman who knows how that feels in a great big way. At 34, she was diagnosed with what was originally thought to be ovarian cancer, and then with colon cancer, and she was pregnant. If this sounds devastating and life-changing, you are absolutely right. What did she do? How did she handle this? Let's find out. Her name is Annie Montgomery Clausen, and this is her story. Annie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. You know, we had to coordinate this interview with your beautiful new baby girl's nap time. So congratulations on the healthy birth of Cody. How are you feeling? Thank you. I'm feeling good. I actually have felt the best I've felt in a while not being pregnant. I got a little break from chemo for a couple weeks, so I've been feeling pretty good, getting some good sleep. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. Take us back, if you would, so that we can tell your story. Take us back to the day your OBGYN said something just wasn't right. They were doing lots of ultrasounds. My OBGYN does an uh, an ultrasound um, every week until your first trimester is over. And I think it was my second or third ultrasound. She saw a little spot on my ovary and she just kind of paused and said, "Mm, this doesn't look right. But she wasn't panicked and just kind of said, we'll keep an eye on it. I left not thinking much of it until each ultrasound and every week that I went back, uh, that little spot just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until about 12 weeks when she sent me to a specialist because she didn't like the looks of it. Things kind of just escalated from there. I guess my next question has to do with the fact that everything happened so quickly. You look back on it now, I bet it feels like a movie. It does. What was your husband's reaction to all of this? He stayed really strong. You know, the first week, I think we thought, okay, I had my first surgery and everything came back looking like it was going to be the end of our journey. I was going to have this surgery, take out my ovary, and then things were going to just be done. You know, it's kind of what we thought. They, they had felt like they had gotten it all with that original surgery. And then I think it wasn't until I got the colonoscopy and they found that big tumor in my colon that I think it really hit us like, okay, we're dealing with something that's going to be a bigger journey and a lot more complicated and a lot scarier. You had a toddler at the time. Yeah, we, um, gosh, she was maybe 16 months at the time, 16, 17 months. So she's busy, but also not able to fully understand what was going on. So my mom thankfully came down to, to really take care of her and, and take that off of our hands. So I didn't have to worry about her. I knew she was in a, in a good space. Was there a moment, Annie, when you and your husband were thinking, oh my God, are we going to have to choose between you and this little unborn child? I was in the hospital on Friday after I'd had my second surgery to remove part of my colon. And um, one of the doctors came in and said that, you know, I was going to have to have full-blown chemo and it was stage four colon cancer. And um, she just looked at me and said, I don't think you can do this with being pregnant. And I was, I was 16 weeks at the time. And I just, you know, when I got diagnosed originally, and I knew that I had to have surgery that my doctor looked at me and she said, this little girl, this little baby saved your life. And I just felt like she deserved to have a chance. You know, she saved my life. 
and I felt like I owed it to her to give her a chance. Um, and so I looked at my husband and I just said, that's not an option right now. I said, we have to find, you know, a way to make this work. We have to find a new doctor. We have to at least give her the chance. You know, if it doesn't work out three months from now or two months from now, whatever, at least we need to explore the option and give her the chance to, to make it work. And we did. And she did great. You know, you found an incredible oncologist who thought that she could treat you with chemo and not hurt the baby. Tell us about finding her and what that conversation must have been like. It was actually that same day my maternal fetal medicine doctor called me that afternoon. So we had had the lowest of lows on Friday morning where we thought, you know, I was I had found out I had stage four, I needed chemo. We didn't think we could keep this baby. Four hours later, Dr. Hahn called me and she said, absolutely not. We're getting you a new oncologist and you're keeping this baby. The baby's going to do great. You're going to come to my office every week. And I just burst into tears. I'm just, I'm feeling it right now. You must have felt the weight of the world come off your shoulders for just one split second in the middle of all of this. We had had so much bad news for about two weeks straight. Every, everything that came back was just hitting us left and right. It was just bad news after bad news after bad news. And it was the first time that someone had called us with, you know, some hope um, and some good news. And we just were so excited that things were going to go that direction and we were going to, you know, give it a shot and see how it went. And it seems like you felt almost as if you had a fighting chance. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, my personality, I I don't really let things get me down or um, I'm kind of one to question everything. People call me stubborn or whatever you want to call it, but if there's a will, there's a way. And I always have believed in that. And I, I felt like if I was willing to take that risk and, and do it, there had to be a way to get it done. And that was my attitude about it. Tell me about your mindset then once you did decide, okay, we're going to do the chemo, we're going to keep this baby, and we're going to rock and roll. How do you get up every morning and maintain your energy? Because, by the way, you're also pregnant, and yeah. we get tired when we're pregnant. Walk yeah. me through those, those weeks when you first got started on chemo. After the surgery, my, my first chemo was three weeks later. Um, I just wanted to get going. I wanted to get started. I felt like the sooner I got going, the sooner it would be over. Um, and I wanted to get as much in while I was pregnant um, that I could. Three weeks later, I had my first chemo and we were in the hospital and I actually didn't have any side effects. And I left the hospital being like, did I even have chemo? As I got going, the treatments got a little bit tougher and the side effects started to come about, but I learned how to manage it. And I learned you know, how to control those side effects with different medications and things like that. What kept me going was my my little girl. Um, mm. You know, you wake up and she doesn't know what's going on, or it's another day for her. And I wanted her days to be as normal as possible, and I wanted her to not feel like I, her mom was sick. So really, every day I got up and I just focused on her, and I focused on enjoying, you know, being not working and spending time with her, and just really trying to make her life as normal as possible and not have her feel any of what was going on. You know, you just mentioned work as well. And I know that you have worked for nine or 10 years uh, for Stryker Surgical. Tell us just a little bit about your job and how long did you work through all of this? I had surgery November 8th and that was the last day that I worked. I called my boss and I told her what was happening and she just said, you go get healthy and you do what you need to do. And Stryker has been very supportive of, you know, I'm on medical leave and we'll be on medical leave until I'm ready to come back. And they've been very supportive of, of this journey and of me getting healthy. So it's been, it's been great. I found out about you through a prayer group that I am part of, a tight-knit group of what we call prayer sisters. And we started praying for you every single day. 
And the day that I saw that you had given birth to Cody, I was so relieved and so full of joy. Can you tell us about the day she was born? We went into the hospital Friday night and we ended up having her Saturday night. And she just, uh, to have her here and, you know, have her in our arms and feel like she, she made it through this journey was unbelievable. Um, my doctor, my OBGYN was so amazing throughout this whole pregnancy and, and my delivery. She had to go to the NICU for, I think, five nights. She spent in the NICU, you know, all things considered for her going through chemo and being born at just shy of 36 weeks. She is such a strong little girl. I look at her every day and I'm just amazed um, that she's here and so thankful that she's healthy. So how old is she right now? She's three weeks old today. So. Oh. Yeah. So what happens now? I'm guessing that you will need higher doses of chemotherapy. You've probably got some time. You got to make up a little bit. I actually got a scan the Friday after I gave birth. I got a, a CT scan and it came back clear. There's a little Yay. spot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little spot on my ovary that they've been watching. I, you know, I think they call it dead right now because it didn't really even show up in the CT scan. But other than that, there's there's no signs of the cancer on any of my other organs or anywhere else. And that was really the first time that we were able to get a clear picture of what was going on in my body because I wasn't able to do uh, the contrast while I was pregnant. So this is the first time I've had a scan with contrast. So that news was was so relieving and so encouraging and positive. I just did another round of chemo last week and I have two more rounds of chemo, potentially another another surgery exploratory and or to remove that other ovary. But Um, We'll cross that bridge as soon as I finish the last three rounds of chemo. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. These days, more and more people are working from home. When your computer breaks down, you lose business. This is Dave Elmasian, president of TechHelpBoston.com. Our tech experts will come to your home or office to fix your computer. Same day, next day, and weekends too. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted us since 2000. You can trust Tech Help Boston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit TechHelpBoston.com. That's TechHelpBoston.com. It takes teamwork to put a weekly series like this together. I am so grateful to Jordan Rich and Ken Carberry for giving the story behind her success a home at Chart Productions. And to Dan Tebow, our editor from Fast Twitch Media. JC Valeris at Platinum Circle Media, who handles our social media marketing and so much more. Thank you all for making me look so good. Give us a little update on on how your your older daughter is doing. Does she want anything to do with this baby or what? <laughs> she actually doesn't. <laughs> That's normal, just so you know. <laughs> she was so excited about baby sissy and baby sissy coming home and all that stuff. And then the second we brought her home, she was just like, who's this and what's she doing here? But she's just the happiest little girl and she's been swimming every day and my mom's still here and she's so happy and she's watching Frozen and getting too many lollipops, but um, (laughs) we're just surviving over here. So, (laughs) Well, you just mentioned your mom, and I have a real belief that our childhood shapes our lives forever. And I wondered if you could share a little bit about your family, your mom, your dad, brothers, sisters. Where where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in the Bay Area. Um, I have an older brother um, who lives in Bay Area as in California? Yes. Sorry, Bay Area, California, um, just outside of San Francisco, so in Palo Alto area. And I have an older brother who lives in Hawaii right now. Um, my parents are both still in the Bay Area. They're in Orinda. And I'm down in Calabasas with my husband and my and my, our daughters. My mom has been here the entire time that I've been, you know, going through chemo. She came down here for every single chemo treatment 
And when this shelter in place, you know, took place, both her and my dad drove down here and were here the week before Cody was born. And then my dad left just a couple of days ago, but my mom's staying until I'm, I'm finished with my chemo. Tell me a little bit about when you were growing up. What, what was the message in your house? It sounds like it's a very close family. My brother and I were super close growing up. You know, my dad and my mom actually both battled cancer and, and survived cancer. And, you know, we've come from a very athletic family, a sports family. And I think that our mindset has always just been, you know, you kind of do what you got to do to get through things. And when both of them got diagnosed with cancer and took it head on and tackled it and overcame it, it just kind of, you know, helped me when I got diagnosed, like, okay, well, they did it. I can do this too. So I think that was a huge help. There's nothing better than family. And, you know, my husband comes from an amazing family and I come from a very supportive, amazing family and couldn't have done this without them. You know, my dad's just the, the rock and the sounding board and has had such great advice through all of this. My brother surprised me and came out here after one of his basketball games to to see me after my surgery. And my mom's obviously literally put her life on hold for six months to be here with me. And my husband has taken off work and his family's been around. So the support system that I have has just been unbelievable. My friends, everybody's just been, been unbelievable. Today, I had an opportunity to see my daughter, Colleen. And I always like to say, you know, if I had to choose, would I want her to be my friend? if I didn't even know her as a person, you know what I mean? I love her as a daughter, but I would choose to hang out with her. So I feel like I'm really lucky. And we've been missing each other like crazy because of the quarantine. So today we had a chance to take a long walk. And boy, that mother-daughter connection is so strong. It doesn't matter how old you are, Annie. You're still your mother's baby. You know that, right? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about mother love. Can you tell me what is mother love for you? Oh, Oh, it's really what's gotten me through all of this. Um, you know, my my two-year-old, I just look at her and it's, I'm just in awe of her every day. She's just the happiest, most amazing little girl. And then really knowing that I had another little girl inside me this whole time and that she was fighting this fight with me, it really gave me strength to get through this because I was not only fighting for myself, but I was fighting for her. It's unbelievable. You just, you do what you got to do and you, you know, you really don't put yourself first. I look at them and whatever they need really comes before whatever I need. That's Um, so true, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I think when they hand you the baby for the first time in your life, someone else comes before whatever your needs may be. Yeah. Fair enough? Yeah, absolutely. When you were growing up, who was your role model? I think my mom. Tell me a little bit about her. What, what's she like? Um, well, my dad was a basketball coach um, growing up, so he was gone a lot and, and traveled and had a demanding job. And my mom really just held down the fort at home. And I mean, everything from changing light bulbs to running us around to all of our sporting events and, and really being there um, when my dad couldn't be there. And she just you know, really showed me what it is to be a a strong woman and be able to do everything. I got older and got into my 20s. Like you said, she really became my best friend. You know, we traveled together, we drink wine together at night, you know, (laughs) we we just enjoy each other. And she really became my best friend as I got older. And I really hope, you know, that's the case with my two daughters. Well, it's interesting that you should say that because my next question is, do you think that there will come a day when you will tell Cody the story of this beginning part before she even came into the world? And what will you say? I don't know when I'll tell her or when the time is right that she'll understand the full capacity of what went on and everything. You know, but I'll just 
tell her that she's a warrior and that, you know, from day one, she's just fought and fought and she's really our little miracle baby. And she's so special. And I hope she knows that, you know, for the rest of her life, that, you know, she's just this little miracle to us. I have a couple of questions here that I ask everybody who's a guest on the show. When an obstacle is in your path, Annie, how do you get around it? I think I just put my head down and I just, I wake up every day and I just do what I have to do. People would say to me, oh, how are you doing this? You're pregnant and you have a kid and you, you know, you're going through chemo. And I I really just stayed positive and I really just woke up every day and put one foot in front of the other and didn't even think about what was going on because I didn't have a choice. I knew I had to survive and I had to, to win this fight. So I really just didn't even think about it and tried to stay positive and mind over matter and lean on my family and my friends and those that loved me. I couldn't have done it without my husband and my mom and my, my dad and my brother. And, but other than that, I really just didn't think about it, to be honest with you. I didn't Google anything. I didn't listen to anybody else's journey. My own journey was really was what I was focused on. And I knew that everybody's journey is different. And I just focused on it, taking each day at a time. Adversity is a great teacher. I know that to be true. What is the lesson as you look in the rearview mirror from where you are right now and where you were on the day you found this out? You can accomplish anything and you can get through anything. You know, looking back when this, when I first got diagnosed, if you really thought about it, it could consume you and become overwhelming and daunting. And I'm sure stage four colon cancer, if you Google it, doesn't have very good positive things to say on the internet. But I knew myself and I knew the fight that I had in me and I knew who I was and that I could get through this. And I, and I just looked at my husband and I said, we don't have a choice. We're going to, we're going to beat this. And so I really think that you can, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And is, you know, if you stay positive, I think your mindset is such a huge part of all of this. And I really just didn't even go down the dark holes or the dark path that some people can get down and it's easy to do. And I understand it, but I really would just say to stay positive and medicine has come a long way. And stage four cancer is not a death sentence anymore. And if I could do all of this while pregnant, any, you know, anybody else can do it too. Well, I'm hoping you were buoyed just a little bit by those ladies in the Boston College prayer group who were praying for you every day. Yes. One thing that really shined through in all of this is faith and, and prayer. And um, I got emails and text messages and phone calls from people I didn't even know saying, oh, my prayer group in, across the country is praying for you. It really lifted me up and it gave me so much strength through all of this to know that there were people out there who didn't even know me that were praying for me. That was such a huge part of this. Let's imagine that there is a young mom, maybe a pregnant mom, just diagnosed with some kind of a serious disease or an illness. What do you say to her? And can you offer her some wisdom from your own journey? I would just tell her that you got to be your own advocate and you got to go down all the avenues, ask all the questions, get a new doctor if you don't feel like the, the one that you're with is giving you the answers that you want. Get a second, third, fourth opinion. You really got to just fight for yourself and not listen to the statistics and not listen to what everybody else is going to say to you. I remember th- telling my husband at first, like, I felt like I was having to defend my diagnosis to people when they were texting me or, or reaching out because it, it does seem like such a, a terrible thing to get diagnosed with. And I would just say back to people, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to beat this. And I truly, truly just believe that. Um, and I wasn't going to accept anything else 
other than that. So I would just tell, you know, a young person to, to believe in yourself and find the best doctor and, and fight for yourself. My last question. I believe that we as women measure success very differently than men do. And we also see our success in chapters. If I had asked you what success meant to you 10 years ago, you would probably have a very different answer from the one that you might give me now. Right now, at this moment, what does success mean to you? Success, you know, means to me really just waking up happy every day with my family. If I can do that for the rest of my life, you know, I'll be happy. The things that were important to me a year ago, you know, seem so minute and minimal these days. I just really want to be healthy and I want to be happy and I want to live every day with my with my loved ones. And that's really all I can ask. My family is, is everything to me and, my, and your health is everything. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Annie, I want to say thank you so much for being so open and so honest with us. A three-week-old little baby girl and a two-year-old now. How old is Quinn? She's almost two. She's, she's 23 months, so she's almost two. <laughs> well, you got your hands full. I thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for being our guest on the story behind her success this week. Thank you, Candy. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?